0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
1: Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? If I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on shame on you. Ah! It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel.
2: Me. we can't get fooled
1: again. Hey, what's up everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here hanging out with Fernando. Saludos, Ben. And Travis Irvine. Saludos, Ben. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you're doing well out there. We have another fantastic episode for you. We're gonna discuss what happened in East Palestine, mm. Ohio. The train derailment. Mm. At first we were wondering how political is it? It turns out exceptionally <laughs> political. Yeah. And once again, the politicians dropped the ball which has led to a massive, massive chemical spill that is endangering thousands, if not millions, of Americans' lives. So we'll go into detail on how it could have been averted, Pete Buttigieg's response, (laughs) mm, so on and so forth. We'll also do a smattering of political news. Next episode, we're going to focus on the culture war. But this episode, we're also going to focus on the war in Ukraine and Russia. Happy anniversary! Yay! Yay. Happy anniversary! So it's been one year since Russia invaded Ukraine. A lot of people didn't think they were ever going to see a land war in Europe again after Mm -hmm. WW2. But alas, it has occurred. Mm. It has now been going on for one year. It has cost Russia around $85 billion. Oof. It has also cost multiple casualties of civilians. As of February 5th, 2023, the invasion of Ukraine has cost the lives of 438 children. Uh, 11,662 people were reported injured. Oh. And the death toll of civilians is 7155 Obviously, death is the metric that is the most serious, but when it comes to overall devastation, it cannot be understated how horrible the events have been Mm. in Ukraine. As Vladimir Putin takes his final stabs at getting the Soviet Union back together again, Uh. (laughs) it's like the Blues Brothers, but instead of wanting to play (laughs) jazz, they want to play the sounds of war Speaking of sounds of war, Mm. on this anniversary, Mm -hmm. the Ukrainians, they've gotten a lot of goodwill from around the world. Mm -hmm. They've gotten a lot of weapons from around the world. But they've also got a little bit of that dance in their heart. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Let's play a song. This is a Ukrainian war song, and I want to say it's adorable. Um, They are saying that their guns are an extension of their penis, which is classic. Mm -hmm. And uh, we won't be able to really understand the lyrics, but if you want to find it, Just search Ukrainian war song. It does have English subtitles. And this is all about Bakratar. Bayraktar. Bayraktar, who was the creator of the drone that the Ukrainians are using to fight back against the Russians. And they really love these drones to the (laughs) point where I think they're going to start putting dresses on them and getting married after (laughs) the war. war. Now that the wars are fought with machines and drones, That would be kind of fun if after the war the drone comes home and he has a beautiful wife and a beautiful little family with little (laughs) dronettes. All right, let's play the sounds of war from a celebratory Ukrainian army. We got a fiddle. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, the (laughs) occupiers
3: came to the US US and Ukraine, came to to us.
1: us. Wow Whoa Explosion (laughs) This is such a fun way to discuss Horrible atrocities Yeah Wow Awesome The backdrop is all the blown up military goods of the Russians. Keep it going. (laughs) (laughs) An image of the drone taking off. Wow, love that drone. It's catchy. It really is good. Very catchy. Mm whoa, whoa. <laughs> I like the Powerful. two main lead singers <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. they wanted to break us
1: right away that's what they say
2: Whoa. Another explosion. So many explosions. Really fantastic
1: music video. <laughs> All right. I, I like think the we're, fiddle player I do like the fiddle player. It really was like Miley Cyrus's wrecking ball, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. A lot of much. devastation. A mm-hmm. lot of buildings being destroyed. So, as we said, the war in Russia, it's currently cost Russia. billion, that was in the first nine months of the war. Moscow has allocated nearly $29 billion to support its military, spent close to $16 billion on soldier salaries, and expended more than $9 billion to pay off the families of the servicemen killed in combat. Why does that matter? It's because Russia's budget revenue last year amounted to $340 billion, which means they're spending about a quarter of their net worth on this war, it Ooh. reminds me of the Cold War. The reason mm-hmm. the United States was able to win is because Russia was spending around 33 percent of their GDP on military, mm-hmm. the U.S, even at our peak, even the way it is now with again nearly a trillion dollars in spending, we still spend to be around three to four percent right. of our GDP on military. Right. So if you look at this from an economic perspective, Russia does not have that much money. Right. In the coffers. Mm -hmm. If they're spending 80 billion every single year, technically, it's only going to get more difficult. You're going to have to pay out more families of dead soldiers. You're going to need to get brand new equipment as Babak Tak continues to blow up (laughs) uh, their goods and their military equipment. Mm -hmm. So I think that Russia is going down the exact same hole that they went down during the Cold War where they're overspending on military They thought this was going to be an in and out quick procedure out of the out of office. You'll be home by noon. Right. Well, in reality, of course, they're stuck in the hospital for the foreseeable future, completely damaged, wrapped in bandages. As again, they're spending 25 percent of their total wealth on the military and on this invasion in Ukraine. It's only them. China's helping out a little bit. But also we have to remember that three hundred and forty billion from last year. Germany was still getting their natural gas from Russia. All of that's been cut off. Right. So those were the good old days when they had $340 billion to spend. I think it's only going to get worse and they're going to have to tighten up the bootstraps. And um, it's going to lead to long lines at supermarkets. It's going to lead to starvation amongst its people. Uh And then you have to wonder politically, does the ousting of Putin come from internal, come from civilians internally or, of course, externally with. A bullet in his head from a random Ukrainian either drone or uh, or gun
2: <laughs> right. or within his own circle, even or within his own military he's circle, become even more isolated since a year ago. Yeah, so I, I don't think that Russia can sustain well, right. exactly. That's kind of the what we perceived to what would happen last year when we were watching, we were watching the Olympics and we saw yeah. Putin and Xi Jinping. And that was a very political opening ceremony of the mm-hmm. Olympics, which of course was literally like set the stage <laughs> for the Ukrainian war. Um, but a lot of the things that uh, the experts were saying last year still ring true today. Uh, all of Russia's, the majority of Russia's wealth comes from their natural gas. Right. It's they, Sell it to Europe. And I think Putin was counting on that revenue to keep coming in. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the in the global natural gas market has now been disrupted by this entire war. But to your point, Ben, yes, now a lot of people are cutting back on their natural gas consumption. Mm-hmm. And specifically in Europe, they're not buying as much. Um, and obviously, America stopped buying even a fraction of what we were buying uh, in terms of natural gas from right. Russia. So, you know, that's why last year, even when this all started, people predicted that Putin had overstepped his bounds here. And essentially put Russia's economy at peril because a lot of the experts even then compared Russia to a gas station with weapons. Exactly. So that's kind of where they're still at. And ironically, if you recall the USSR, what really led to the end of the Soviet regime was their. Involved in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. another war that just sucked them in and they spent too much money. And, and then- that was
1: the time that we were like, the Taliban. There are guys. There are guys. Love right. Os- right. We love Osama bin Laden. Anyone going against the Ruskies, you got our weapons. Right. You got our support and then obviously those weapons were used against us for the past 20 years. And there's a great
2: uh, fiction movie based on the real story Charlie Wilson's War. Stars yes. uh, Tom Ooh. Hanks, Julia Roberts, which oh. I
1: liked but it was a little it was a little like or yeah. ain't it fun? Yeah, it's fun. Well, well it's a little tongue in cheek isn't it?
2: Charlie Wilson was a very fun Texas congressman. He was, <laughs> it was kind of his thing. So uh, again, it's very unusual that um Putin in a way is bringing back the Soviet Union. They're, they the Soviet Union was destroyed by their involvement in a never ending war in Afghanistan, mm. and now Putin is like, I'm going to bring that back, and they're entering what seems to be a never ending war in Ukraine. But there seems to be
1: also perhaps an end in sight. Well, though of course one of the things that might be slightly cheaper as opposed to going to war in Afghanistan is transportation, because they're right there. Ukraine right. is exactly. their neighbor. This exactly. is literally brother fighting against brother, uh-huh. family members fighting against family members, and again it's led to the death of over seven thousand civilians. Uh, 438 of them children and that's just the data that we know exactly not to mention how many people are going to die from the fallout of war so it's it's something i had also talked about last week a little bit
3: you guys remember i talked about the byrector drones and how it was a money war Mm -hmm. so basically there's uh the drones are much much cheaper than the missile batteries you need to defend against these drones Mm -hmm. that's layer one so you're losing money just in that level but what ben just talked about this is a neighboring country versus a neighboring country which means if you're a citizen of ukraine you can literally attach like a bike motor yeah. to a grenade and fly that right over into the foxhole of a russian soldier mm-hmm. so it's not even it's not even a
1: money game it's a morale
3: thing it's a home game it's, a, it's, it's literal, a home game.
1: this is a home game for both sides in some in some ways and
2: my only pushback would be at that time the soviet union did uh neighbor afghanistan the baltic states right well yeah with afghanistan did share a a border with what were former ussr satellite nations etc and it's those
1: nations that uh that that was why we had syria why what a serious proxy Mm -hmm. war that was that no one's talking about anymore Um, but of course that's one of the regions that Putin wants to get back Yeah Is that Baltic region So yeah you're right Strategically in the Middle East That gives him a lot of leverage Yes
2: And they're right Putin was very involved in, in Syria With the Assad The civil war oh, there yes. You recall uh, Hillary wanted to bomb the airstrip, right, that mm-hmm. that had all the mm-hmm. uh, the Russian planes. And then Trump ended up doing that. Yes. Um, obviously. So it, it's, you know, it's very interesting. But to your point about, I mean, even with this drone and, and the way it's taking on all these massive Russian military operations, uh, that was also what happened with the Afghanis, with Charlie Wilson's war, mm. is that the Russians had these big helicopters that they were just really fucking up Afghanistan with. Yeah. And then the U S started giving the Afghanis, the Taliban to fight back literally a uh, grenade launchers, right. the rocket launchers mm-hmm. that were made to uh, take down these exact, same helicopters, and they were way cheaper
1: than giant helicopters. It A is helicopter. interesting in war, big and bulky, big and bulky and slow tends not to win. Same thing with the with the Germans. They're like, "Let's go diesel. We yeah. want big old diesel right. trucks and, and their tanks." And next thing you know, they're getting stuck. Right, and they, ran out, the they ran out of diesel. They ran out of diesel as well, which was one of the biggest problems uh, that Hitler and his army had. Obviously, um, that did not end well. Thankfully for them. But speaking of the one year anniversary. Russia, it is planning a large offensive. Strangely enough, these are all human beings committing these acts of war. So they did take a little time off for winter because mm-hmm. you don't want to fight in the cold. No, it's too cold. So springtime is coming. Oh, boy. Which mm. means there's going to be a massive increase in mobilization of Russian soldiers. Oh boy. Right now, according to a Russian general, uh, this is a dude by the name of Oseki Reznikov, Reznikov He says there's going to be 300,000 conscripted soldiers uh, there. They're going to be fully mobilized on the border, but the true size could be closer to 500,000. He says we do not underestimate our enemy. Officially, they announced 300,000, but we see the troops at the borders. According to our assessment, it is much more. And when I mentioned Rezkanov, he is Ukraine's defense minister. Mm, He's Ukraine's Mm, defense minister. Discussing the number of Russian troops that will be on their doorstep trying to knock in the door and destroy the families. This is what Zelensky says in a uh, video address. This is Voldemort Zelensky. He says a definite increase has been noticed, noted in the offensive operations of the occupiers on the front in the east of our country. This situation has become tougher. So mm. it looks like as Putin goes into, uh, the second phase or even third phase of this war, right? right? Seems as if he's gonna be relying on ground troops, blood and bones oh, in order boy. to get this war done. And you wonder if he just thinks that's the cheapest way to do it as opposed to using military equipment. <sighs> wow. That as we're seeing can get exploded in a moment from the sky via drone. Right. You just wonder if he doesn't give a flying fuck if he loses five hundred thousand people. Right. Because the next one's up, right? They've, uh, they've got the draft. Um, there's many people who are fleeing Russia that they because yes. they don't want to fight. All the children of the diplomats, all the children of mm-hmm. the wealthy people are gone. Mm. So it's just going to be basically, much like in World War II, poor farmers. Right. That they suit up, give yep. some weapons, yep. go into Ukraine. Also, they're emptying their prisons in Russia so right. that they can send prisoners who um, have not been reformed to wow. Ukraine. I mean we're hearing accusations of rape and just civilian murder, yeah. you know, outside the confines of war, war. crimes. War crimes. Mm-hmm. So it's quite interesting. According to the de- Ukrainian defense minister, he says, "We think that given that Russia lives in symbolism, they will try something around February 24th, mm. and of course that would be the official one-year anniversary of when Vladimir Putin felt compelled to attack Ukraine. So what a bizarre situation. And it's only going to increase. The players only continue to become more and more agitated mm-hmm. and more and more. Um, I want to say they're, desperate, they're more, more desperate, but also more aggressive. Yeah, because now I, I could see if anything happens to any one of these borders of a NATO country, oh, it's yeah. on. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And Germany looks as if it's ramping up to defend itself. Wow. So who knows? This war can go out of hand at any time. Sure.
2: Well, desperation leads to more aggression. That's for sure. But thankfully, we also have fun music videos like this. (laughs) keeping Keeping the morale up for the Ukrainians.
1: Well, Ukrainians defense minister was just in France. He met with Emmanuel Macron, Macron. who loves those old women. (laughs) Uh, He secured the purchase of air defense radars. Uh, He was also lobbying European unions to send F-16 fighter jets to Ukraine, uh, something Macron said his country had not ruled out. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is what Reznikov told French media. We tell our partners that we, too, must be ready as soon as possible. That's why we need weapons to contain the enemy. So who knows what's going to happen this year as we're in year two of a land war in Europe.
3: I mean, if I see you attacking the house down the street, I might be suspicious that you're headed my way.
1: Right, right,
3: right, right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and at this point, no one
2: can believe anything Putin says, right? Right. I mean, he... Even last year, they were kind of contemplating, like, well, he's just going for these Russian-dominated areas of Ukraine. He wants right? Crimea. And he might stop. Right, exactly. He's just trying to flex his muscles. Right. And no, I mean, in fact, he's opposed to the entire NATO alliance. Right. He's very much, again, like you said, Ben, um, in love with this idea of bringing back the Soviet Union beautiful soviet union that the he beu- grew up
1: with the beautiful soviet union and of course he came to power in 1999 with a coup with the false flag operation with right chechnya and i believe it was uh, an apartment complex uh, that was destroyed blamed it on terrorists long story short he said he was going to be the one who fought back against the extremists of course he is the reason that um, he is a reason. He is the reason why Russia yeah. has become He's the so extreme. Mm-hmm. So this happened late last Wednesday. Three people were killed in the eastern city in an eastern city. Um, at least eight apartment buildings were damaged. One of them was completely destroyed. Many people remain under the rubble. And that was just a residential building. Ugh. So it's going to be really intense this next year. And it's going to be really intense for the short term as we um, see Vladimir Putin try to spread his wings and get the Soviet Union back to where he thought it was when he was growing up, even though it was always hemorrhaging money and never doing well, at least in my opinion. Right. And when was the last time the Soviet Union, like when was the USSR just booming? uh
2: <laughs> well, right right. yeah that's a it's a uh, it's a subjective term he wants there. to go back
1: to like the nineteen seventy, 1970, like 1977 maybe 60s? was a good year or well, something i
2: guess the 60s was the height of their like flexing right that's when khrushchev right that's the cuban missile crisis right, right. that was and then, that's what he wants to get back to <laughs>
1: or the the proxy war that was vietnam is mm. that what he wants to get back to what, I, I don't, don't understand what he wants to bring back right necessarily right
2: Because objectively, the 80s were a disaster for the USSR because that's when they spent all their money in Afghanistan. And then Gorbachev was like, you know what? Uh, I think that Reagan guy has a good idea when he says, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down these jelly
1: beans. Tear down the jelly beans, indeed. I think that the Russian people had a small uptick in the first maybe term, maybe two terms of Vladimir. Uh, The economy was doing a little bit better. It was a little bit more open than usual. And then slowly but surely... Uh, Or relatively quickly, too. Right. Uh, The civil rights began to erode. Patriotism went on the rise. Mm -hmm. I mean, God knows if you're not exactly like Vladimir, if you're not exactly the man he wants to see, Mm -hmm. you are on the chopping block. And obviously, journalists were one of the first people to go and political adversaries.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You can live out your Chef dream when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.
1: Speaking of journalists, let's move on. Let's talk America. Let's talk Ohio. There was a journalist who was recently just kicked out of a meeting in Ohio. Was he not arrested and detained for wanting to discuss what was going on with the chemical spill? In East Palestine. Right.
2: Yeah, this was actually kind of the first thing uh, post-train wreck that kind of came to our attention. Mm -hmm. You know, we cover the media. Obviously, we're a political show, but uh, News Nation. Run by my old boss, Dan Abrams. Dan Abrams. <laughs> a man who will pay you $15 an hour to stand out in the
1: freezing cold to catch new celebrities. That's not bad. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, it was a horrible job that you had to do, but you yeah. know, it most of the time you just spent it at the deli getting drunk. You were at home with me. Yeah, I had a good time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 2017,
2: Travis says, thank you, Dan Abrams, for the $15 an hour. <laughs> um, but now he started News Nation, and one of his reporters, Evan, Evan Lambert, a, uh, obviously, a, he's a black reporter and he was there just to cover a press conference with Governor Mike DeWine where they're going to discuss this massive train wreck. And a uh, bigger issue, obviously, is the chemicals that were on this train, mm-hmm. Norfolk Southern Train. And they leaked everywhere into East Palestine, Ohio. Um, And then at that time, at the time of that press conference, they were basically discussing what they had to do to avoid an even more massive explosion. And more destruction, which was they were going to leak out this chemical called, uh, I believe it's uh, vinyl... Chloride, I believe. Yeah, vinyl chloride.
1: Well, that's never good.
2: <laughs> no, it do it not sound good. There were about 20, I believe, uh, tank cars carrying that stuff mm. when this train derailed. And oh. so to uh, avert an even more catastrophic event, they had to leak the chemicals and then
1: um, self-explode them. And that's what led to that massive plume that of smoke mass- that we all saw. Yes,
2: the, the massive picture of black smoke going up in East Palestine, Ohio. It was even viewable from space. It was a giant round black cloud. And uh, just like, yeah, and a round black cloud. And then here comes a a, just a a black reporter coming in this press conference and the National Guard just attacks him. And then the Mm. local law enforcement attacks him and they arrested him
1: for trespassing. So there you go. That's the beginning of a cover up right there. As soon as you don't want journalists asking questions as you just put civilian lives in huge amounts of danger there are three chemicals that this norfolk southern train was carrying this is according to sil Caggiano he's a hazarded material specialist this sentence should uh, be shocking because it is this is what Sill said we basically nuked to town with chemicals yeah Oof. so we could get a railroad open right yes. that was the other issue they need to open up the railroad again So Caggiano says ethylaxyl acrylite is especially worrisome. Mm -hmm. He says it's a carcinogen and contact with it can cause burning and irritation in the skin. The eyes breathing it can irritate the nose and the throat and cause coughing and shortness of breath. The other one, isobutlinin, is also known to cause dizziness and drowsiness when inhaled. According to Cagniato. He says, I was surprised when they quickly told the people they could go back home, but then said, if they feel like they want their homes tested, they can have them tested. I would have far rather they did all the testing. Mm -hmm. So they said, come home. And if you don't feel good, you're a little redheaded, we'll get it tested. Wow. This is absolutely the worst possible way to handle this event. Yes. And unfortunately-
2: uh, as we have since discovered and since read, a lot of this could have been pre- prevented. I mean, obviously, this was something of, a, again, a train wreck, kind of like Ohio. Yeah. And uh, we weren't sure if it was political or not, but everything that led up to this train wreck
1: was absolutely political well, and policy related. Let's get into that in one second. Cagnano just finishes this off, just talking about the health risks. And let's get into the politics. He says there's a lot of what ifs. And we're gonna be looking at this thing 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the line and wondering: gee, cancer clusters could pop up, you know, well water could go bad. So this is gonna be lasting physical ramifications. Uh-huh. This is that's a generation. That's right. Engineer Fernando. I want to add
3: into how dangerous some of these chemicals are. Uh um butyl acetate specifically. You can't even wear a mask to protect yourself from it. The atoms are too small. So even if you're it just br- sucks right it in. It just even if you're just you're you're doing everything you're supposed to do and doing it right, you can you you're gonna still inhale that. A lot of this stuff is heavier than air and will coat like areas like dust. Mm. So it'll settle in your house, it'll settle in your carpet. You go to clean. Your house by vacuuming, you kick it up in the air again. You're breathing it in again. Oh, it's wow. on the surfaces of your table. It's on the it's it's like a abse- a ab- step. Abse- oh God,
1: asbestos. It's Thank just <laughs> like asbestos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew what you're talking yeah, these about. These words yeah. are not for us. <laughs> no, these are They're, for words. These are Fernando words. Yeah, yeah. These... And we're we are entertainers and blabbers. Oh, yeah, I ain't no they're
3: funny words for very unfunny chemicals. So exactly. And that's that's what's scary about it is exactly what that gentleman was talking about. We don't know the ramifications because some of this stuff, uh, polyvinyl chloride, we use that to make PVC and that stuff's only been around for like 20 years. We don't even know what happens when you've been exposed to this stuff for 40 years or plus.
1: Well, either way, let's get into the politics. Governor Mike DeWine, he has a lot of explaining to do. He just recently said That don't don't worry, the water is fine. We've seen this story before. Uh, I'll break down a couple of different cities that have horrific drinking water. Pittsburgh is one of them. And again, East Palestine, very close to Pennsylvania. It doesn't know any borders. So this is going to affect multiple states. And again, tens of thousands of people. But let's talk about the policies that led us to where we are now. Travis, why wasn't this train up to date? Why was it able? Why are we even talking about a goddamn chemical spill right. in this way.
2: Well, I want to thank everybody for reaching out about this story. Obviously, the News Nation reporter getting arrested was like your first like, you know, alarm kind bing, of goes bing, off, like bing right. bing bing. Well, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Um but I want to give a shout out to Hey John Russell. I met John Russell at a Halloween party a few years ago, oh. and he did a, an interview with a railroad worker who was literally talking about, you guys remember the big railroad strike that mm-hmm, Biden mm-hmm. and AOC, right. it was a big big deal. Well, a lot
1: of, totally caved against right, the railroad right, and workers they
2: caved. And what this did was it basically cut a lot of safety workers. Right. And it cut mm, the inspection time right. on a lot of these cars and things like this. And this has been building for decades. I also want to give a shout out to The Lever, a great article there by David Sirota. He's a former Bernie Sanders speechwriter. And a lot of his reporters there worked on this. It's a very long read, but they go back decades and decades. And we've had more and more train derailments. Um, and there was one so bad in New Jersey that actually prompted during the Obama administration for uh, railroad regulators to say, you know what? Maybe it's time to upgrade our braking systems. Now, sure. currently, trains...
1: Braking sounds like a great thing. You want, right. It, I want to be able to stop. You think yes. of the, the movie
2: <laughs> Tommy Boy, right? Just even Chris yes. Farley knew we got to get better brakes Better brakes in these modes of transportation. Absolutely. So here we are, and, and uh, during the Obama administration, and at that time, the derailment in New Jersey was so bad that the the conversation moved uh, from a regulator standpoint to electronic braking systems, right. and these were affordable. They were way more reliable. Currently, a lot of these trains, including the train that just crashed in Ohio. They have these air pressure braking systems that were literally invented in the 1850s and 60s. Steam power. Wow. Steam power. And so what it does is when the conductor hits the brakes, it then uh, triggers a a line of air pressure to mm-hmm. stop the train cars starting from the first car and send all the way to the back and then all the way back That's forward again. That's what we're still using. That's what we're still using. So what happens is a lot of these if you know if they don't stop right away, they bump into each other and when they bump into each other, then they potentially derail. One of the other things that happened on this Norfolk Southern train was an axle. It was one axle yes. on one car. And again, think back to, as Hey John Russell pointed out, these railroad workers who were fighting to keep their jobs, Yeah, their hours get cut, a lot of their positions get cut, a lot of people get fired, and then the safety regulations, again, the the inspection time on some of these trains, specifically axles, when it goes from two minutes per car to 30 seconds mm. per wheel. Something absurd like that. And so that is basically how we got here in terms of regulations and what happened after the Obama administration on Norfolk Southern originally as a railroad company and all the other railroad companies were like, you know what? We've done the studies. These electric brakes are a good idea. It'll cost this many millions to implement, but it'll save this many billions of potential disaster fees mm-hmm. and everything. So originally it seemed like they are on board, but mm. who comes along after Obama President Trump and then a lot of the deregulation and people who now become in charge of these regulatory commissions and committees and agencies, Mm. EPA, Uh, um, Senator John Thune from South Dakota was very involved. He got a massive amount of money from Norfolk Southern. And what happened during the Trump era, according to the levers, fantastic article is a series of things. Number one, they fought back against mandatory electronic braking. Uh, hmm. They said they didn't want to be mandatory. They wanted to be voluntarily. They took a t- uh, like the teeth out of that policy, yeah. basically. And then they also deregulated the amount of hazardous chemicals uh, yep. trains could pull and how many cars could pull. More cells.
1: chemicals, more cars, less braking. Exactly. Brilliant. And
2: then more recently, as we found out, under the Biden administration, then they start cutting the safety regulations. They cave mm-hmm. to the, the the corporate bosses and essentially cut workers and safety regulations. Wow. And so it's these three things that kind of, again, decades and decades in the works, but it all comes back to the same freaking thing that we always come back to on the show. And that is corporate greed. Norfolk Southern has paid massive stock buybacks to mm-hmm. their, their yep. stock owners, billions and billions, while cutting millions and millions from safety regulations and cutting so many jobs. That right. now these, these are, are ticking time bombs that are just running along on rusty
0: wheels. When booking with other vacation rental apps sounds like this.
1: This place doesn't look like the pictures. Ah, is there a door behind all those spiders?
0: It's time to try one that sounds more like a vacation. Ah,
1: This is perfect.
0: Relax, you booked a Verbo.
1: Well, these, so these politicians have chemicals on their hands, and that's going to lead to a lot of blood as well. Right now, uh, people, residents are already complaining of headaches. Uh, we don't know what the full impact is going to do. This is according to Marco Rubio and J.D. Vance. These guys, obviously, both senators, both people who supported Donald Trump and both people who, again, are going to grandstand here. Yes, because I have some
2: opinions on this,
1: too. Please do. This is just one quote. I want to get your thoughts on it. It is not unreasonable to ask whether a crew of two rail workers plus one trainee is able to effectively monitor 150 cars. What? So they what? got two rail workers, one dude who's just there with no idea what's going on, and they have to monitor 150 cars. What's right. that,
3: like a mile of
2: row, a mile of train? This particular train was a uh, mile point eight, so, 1.8
1: miles so long. naturally, the people, people are wondering, where the fuck is Pete Buttigieg? Uh, he's the uh, head of the Department of Transportation. Ye us dot and so far, his response has been muted at best. What do you, I mean, politically, obviously, Biden is in office. It's going to mm-hmm. fall on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But none of these people aren't without blame. Oh,
2: yeah. And that, that's my feelings on Mr. J.D. Vance. And, you know, uh, he was making the rounds on the Fox News shows. There's a lot of Fox News commentators. Everyone's on Twitter being like, "Where are the progressives? Biggest environmental catastrophe in all, in decades, and right. where are the progressives?" Like, well, they were trying to fucking fix the problems decades ago right. when it came to the electronic braking, the safety regulations, keeping the workers. If we had just right. avoided that railroad um, strike—I mean, not the strike itself—but if, if Biden hadn't caved, sure. I mean, we we could have avoided all of this, but also just the regulations of labeling hazardous chemicals as hazardous chemicals right and and These, things like that the
1: railroad the railroad workers are not asking for much. No, I mean, you read you the, the air quotes days. demands. Yeah. Exactly. It's sick like, days. what is wrong with you people? Exactly. Give so. these individuals a chance to work effectively so we don't have a fucking oil chemical spill. Right. So,
2: you know, to see J.D. Vance and these Republicans grandstanding like this because it happens on the uh, Biden administration's watch. And by the way, Pete Buttigieg, he was I think this was almost like a bureaucratic thing where he was like waiting to comment, but he mm. was also under a lot of fire for not commenting soon enough. He did make an official tweet, and I'm sure a media release comes out with that um, in terms of things they are going to start doing. But he did mention the electronic braking, things like that. But again, it's just like we could have done this. Yeah, we could have done this decades it's a train. ago if the if the corporations hadn't bought out certain senators, certain regulators, yeah. they saw their opportunity during the Trump administration to mm-hmm. skirt all of these regulations to push back on the electronic braking. And then now, you know you, again, under the Biden administration, um, yeah, that, that railroad strike that was averted basically cost a lot of people. Talk about short-term thinking. Job time. Yeah. Talk about short-term right
1: thinking. Yeah, right they're like, oh, oh, let's save millions of dollars. It's like, how much do you think this is going to cost? Of course, on the flip side of that, isn't the aren't we, the taxpayer, just going to end up footing the bill to clean this damn thing up anyway?
2: Oh, always. And and yes. again, to your point, that's that's the point that um the, that Fantastic Lever article yeah. made was that the billions in stock buyback. I mean, they're giving their shareholders billions back on stock buybacks. And then these regulations, even implementing. a.
1: a and an when you elect- say regulations, regulations gets a bad rap. It's right. not. I mean, obviously, overregulation. Sure. We live in California, formerly from New York. We understand over-regulation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is practical safety steps. Yeah. This isn't about, we want to crack down on illegal weed shops. No, no, this right is no. not bullshit regulation. Right. This is just safety. common
2: sense safety. Yeah, exactly. And, and again, replacing a technology that is from the 1800s. I can't believe <laughs> that one, so one train car
1: farts on the other, the other, and then that yeah, no one's like, I, I slowly stop. The, the human centipede of right. braking.
2: Right. It's like a tragic episode of Thomas the Tank Engine. Seriously. Where they all blow
1: up and die. Well, that is just unbelievable that we're still fighting uh, these greedy pieces of shit to get the most mm. mundane request, Basic stuff. which is yeah. updated
2: braking. And the railroad workers that were literally asking for that as part of, you know, in addition to their sick days, they just wanted more time to make sure the trains were safe and, and to get paid to do that. And again, just comparing the billions and billions of stock buybacks, Norfolk Southern had plenty of money. And they gave it to their rich shareholders as opposed to um, what would have been a fraction. I believe the price tag I saw in the Lever article is about $165 million to implement electric braking on all of their trains nationwide. And they would have saved, according to their own research, billions of dollars (sighs) by preventing things like this, disasters like this. So I I find the the grandstanding by J.D. Vance and these Republicans very disingenuous. But obviously... The Democrats have some blame and some soul searching to do too. And it comes back to the same thing we talk about as always corporate greed and the way they can own our politicians and change our just very reasonable common Mm. sense
1: safety policies. And, and speaking of corporate greed, right now, Norfolk Southern, it is expected to make in two thousand twenty two, oh. it delivered on a twelve point seven five billion dollar revenue. Delivered twelve point seven five billion dollar revenue. It was up nine percent. Uh it was now going for thirteen dollars and eighty eight cents per share. So Norfolk oh. Southern, Norfolk Southern Well profit, they can know her fuck right off. I'll tell you that <laughs> record profits Huge profits and they can't do So you're going to tell me you got a profit of you got revenue of nearly 13 billion dollars mm-hmm. and you can't carve out 20 million bucks out of that. $20 30 million, or, million bucks, or $165,
2: 165 I mean, million bucks tag to is. figure out how
1: to get proper brakes on your train. You can't figure oh. you can't allocate those funds properly. Then you're a bad CEO and you need to be fired. And in this case, they might need to go in front of Congress and be prosecuted. Oh, you're
2: goddamn right. And they should also go in front of the city council and the residents of East Palestine, Ohio. True. Absolutely. Because that was another thing that they did with their... What would you just say? $13 billion in profits? $13 billion dollars in they, revenue. They're up 9%. They you want to know what they offered the city of East Palestine? What? $25,000. $25,000, which when you break it down per citizen, was about $5 per, per resident. Person. And so there is a... Now, of course, we we're recording this uh, earlier in, in the week. There is a town meeting happening tonight in East Palestine where they are going to figure out how to handle this. I hope they sue the shit out of Norfolk Southern. Um, this might be actually an issue well, where even our attorney general... Flawed as he may be, Republican uh, Dave Yost, he could even step in and get some type of settlement Mm -hmm. for these people. But the bigger picture that Fernando has posted about is as these chemicals, and again, according to Governor Mike DeWine, which don't believe anything he says, (laughs) uh, drinking water is just fine, whatever, man. Those have gone into the water. They've gone into, that is the Ohio River drinking supply Mm -hmm. because East Palestine is right there on the border of Pennsylvania and Ohio. And that is a water source for 5 million people. Wow! So there is constant monitoring going on now. And I think maybe the one bright side of this giant black plume cloud is that maybe we start to take not just train safety regulations seriously, but also environmental regulations. Because the way these Republicans are hawking and crowing about the environment now is like, okay, yeah, let's see
1: you care about the environment now. Also, you know, there's one argument that's made about... uh, air quotes, free market, which we don't live in. I'm a free market capitalist in a lot of ways. This is obviously crony corrupt capitalism at it's worst. Crapitalism, According to Freight Waves, this is, uh, they interviewed two Wall Street analysts and they say that uh, Uh, Norfolk Southern profits won't suffer because of the derailment. According to Bank of America and Cohen, they published reports uh, Tuesday, February 3rd about the derailment of some 50 cars. Uh, They say that um, they will not suffer a huge loss when it comes to the market after the derailment. Cohen's Jason Seidel wrote that the Atlanta-based Norfolk Southern will likely incur, quote, a special charge Mm. in the first quarter of this year as a result of the derailment. However, the charge won't undermine the rail giant's business. Mm. Uh, This is what Seidel says. Well, the severity of the derailment earlier this month is still unclear, if history is a guide, the unfortunate event may not have much long-term impact on the rail carrier's share. Wow. Hence, we would view any noteworthy pullback as a, get ready for it, mm-hmm. buying opportunity. Oh, my God. So oh my if you want to get Norfolk Southern, now is the time to do it. It's slightly lower than it's going to be, oh my God. as it's going to go right back up. Bank of America's Ken Hoekster wrote that Norfolk Southern may have to pay $40 million to $50 million in, quote, a casualty charge. Hmm. In 2022, the rail giant generated some, again, $12.7 billion in revenue and $3 billion in profits. So a $50 million casualty charge. Wow. I guess it's still cheaper than them having to put those damn bricks in the train. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right.
2: That's insane though. Right. I mean, it's that's- insane.
1: It's counterintuitive. Yeah. You like the, the idea that corporations will at least are beholden to the people who use their products. And mm. if they make a mistake, people will stop using their products and then their bottom line is going to get in. <laughs> it doesn't exist like that. It right. doesn't work that way. Right. And again, in this perverse world, uh, it's actually a good time to buy. Oh, Norfolk. Wow.
2: Norfolk Southern. Southern. Buy it now. I can imagine Jim
1: Kramer on his old Mad <laughs> Money show, like, buy Norfolk Southern now. Oh, my God. This is according to, again, the dude behind Bank of America. This is Ken Hoykster. He says As rail service is restored, rail shares have historically not seen a material impact from accidents on a three month horizon. Basically saying people <sighs> forget there's no other option. <sighs> And everything will be just fine at the end of the day for Norfolk Southern. The people who are in charge of this need to be held responsible. And Absolutely. I really hope, I don't know, I'm hoping against hope because I, who's going to hold them accountable? Because it's the politicians who and got all their money. they're not even doing it. Right, again. From ho- these people to uh, to allow them to continue to run old-ass tech yeah. in a brand new world. Well, I do
2: know, back uh, circling back to the News Nation reporter getting... Arrested. Uh, those charges have been Dropped. Uh, it was actually handled By our Republican Attorney General Dave Yost Give credit where credit's due. They dropped The charges of trespassing uh, On Evan Lambert So I would hope again Just from a populist standpoint And standing up for Ohio Dave Yost And whatever the county prosecutors there For Columbiana County in Ohio yeah. Could potentially get some type of settlement But the way you do well, that is get to court ASAP and I, I do think I do think that's going to be a proper way forward but to your point again ben it's like unless they're getting like a billion dollars you know that norfolk southern is just already budgeting for some type of settlement casualty uh, cost whatever it
1: may be you took the words right out of my mouth um norfolk southern has settled several suits filed following collisions there was a class action lawsuit uh from Avondale mills which said a collision damaged its facilities um, the Wall Street Journal reported that Norfolk Southern increased its operating expenses by 13 million following the uh, settlement and paid some of it with its insurance reimbursement. Wow. Holy moly! So, so they just—they they don't even pay it. They just—and they just move a margin. They just move a little dot, and they're File like, a "Okay, claim. that's right. just going to go under cost of doing business." Oh my! God. And that's all that they're going to put this under is cost of doing business. So. People, again, they're suffering out there. People are saying they're burning inside of their lungs. The EPA has said it in a statement that they are monitoring the air and, quote, has not detected any levels of health concern in the community that are attributed to the train derailment yet. But again, with the EPA, they also have a bottom line and uh, without a doubt a chemical spill versus not a chemical spill doesn't take a rocket scientist right. to rocket scientist to figure out it's going to be bad
2: yeah right babies are sick uh, pets are dying
1: uh fish, fish and frogs so are many, dying
2: exactly exactly
1: yeah. so you have the EPA being like no technical whatever they're lying because i believe this guy east palestine resident tim cumberledge he says it immediately burnt the inside of my lungs The stench was just like standing over a pit that's on fire. Reminds me of the fire pits, of course. Right from the Iraq war. He goes on to say, I've got a bad sniffer. It's hard for me to smell anything, but I could smell that. Corporate greed, crony politicians, Mm -hmm. a small community that's going to be devastated for the foreseeable future. A long time. And this just cannot happen. And Norfolk Southern taking, getting zero. As far as ramifications, yeah, absolutely, it's unreal. Yeah.
2: yeah, it's like you said. We just we pointed all those price tags, and they're they're going to continue to just pay off settlements, uh, pay and off not even
1: a lot damage
2: losses, and just get insurance money. So it's yes, not even coming out exactly, of their bottom line. Exactly. Um, It's right. you know, it's just a tragic situation. It I didn't mean, have to happen. It did it not
1: didn't have, have to, happen. to happen. Right. And uh, again, our hearts are out uh, there with another devastating situation. For people who just want clean drinking water and clean air in the wealthiest country in the world, I don't think anyone is asking for too much.
2: Right. Right. Uh, don't hold your breath or maybe hold your breath if you live in there <laughs> yep. just to be safe. But hopefully some powerful people get uh,
1: held accountable for this. Hopefully mm-hmm. we'll see. Mm-hmm. But uh, unfortunately, when you poison a whole bunch of people, they die before you. And then you oh. just push the congressional <sighs> hearing back. We'll do it next year. We'll do it and next then, year. long story short, everybody slowly dies. And you're like, there's no one left to sue me. Oh, my God. Well, isn't that fan? Imagine if this uh, happened in an upscale neighborhood where these pieces of shit exactly, live. Right. Exactly. Just right. imagine. That's why I think all train tracks, all pipelines, it's got to go through the wealthy neighborhoods, too. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Make it go through Mike DeWine's farm. Exactly. Then maybe they'll get more uh, in tune with the just typical safety protocols yeah absolutely very easy absolutely all right everyone well thank you so much for listening we're gonna be back later this week we're gonna talk culture war um, because despite the fact that the chemical spill should be everywhere and this should be the paramount topic that politicians are discussing
2: drag shows are still happening oh no that train would have never derailed if that sexy-looking man lady didn't wave her ankles at me. (laughs) Oh,
1: no. Well, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. We will be back a little bit later this week. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad
3: sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to LastPodcastNetwork.com